You are tuned into the story behind the business podcast. My name is Leyland Diano. I am. We are down one co-host, Joel McDonald, who is not with us today because he is celebrating his son's birthday. Um, and maybe we'll chat about that after. Uh, but I am with my co-host Adam Bessie, yep. uh, the OG found co-founder of this podcast with me. And today we are chatting with Damon Gruel who is the Senior Operations Manager of Centurion Truck and definitely been looking forward to this one. And we really wanted to get it in, um, uh, to to get this in the list and and get this one done, which is why we are chatting with him on a Sunday. Damien, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, And uh, hi to all the audience out there as well. And obviously, whether you're consuming us by audio or video, we, we thank everybody who's tuned in. Um, why don't we, instead of us butchering um, Centurion and, and, and you, why don't you give us maybe a little bit of a backstory on, on, the, on your company and, and how you got involved in this world and, and essentially what you, guys, what you guys do at Centurion? Sure. Um, started in the industry at, in about 97, 98. So I've been in this uh, industry for quite some time, fell into it uh, fairly young, just try and save money and uh, complete my, my post-secondary. Um, so that was the, the way I got started into this industry. I t- tried to leave a few times, uh, check in, right back. I uh, never thought I was going to be to the business side of things. I would be a business owner. But um, yeah, just one thing led to another. In uh, 2008, Century on Trucking was started. Uh, when it got started, um, I wasn't a part of it originally. I jumped on a board in 2012, and that's when we kind of grew from a one-truck operation and and uh, kind of blew it up. Nice. So does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that makes complete sense. Now, obviously, for um, for those of us who aren't, you know, uh, familiar with the trucking world, um, Damon, maybe you can kind of give us some insight into the different verticals that uh, you know, transportation and, and trucking and logistics side like what, what kind of vertical do you guys land in and what are some of your competitors or some of the other trucking companies out there focusing on for sure um, we're considered a full uh, a for hire trucking. full truckload um, operation is what we do uh, so we operate actually all across canada and the u.s and we have these big uh, 53 foot trailers um, that essentially take anything from uh, temperature controlled goods which include our groceries at our stores uh, can, uh, anything that, um, anything from like machines to colognes to clothing, uh, you name it. Um, the saying in our industry is that if you bought it, a truck brought it. So um, our specialty has been a lot with food and beverages, uh, but we also do a lot of other um, stuff. But um, yeah, we we pretty much move anything and everything. Some of the exciting stuff that we've done is uh, is things for courier companies. Um, and uh, like FedEx, UPS, and and some of the other stuff like Xboxes, something for to kind of get to know the trucking industry. But um, yeah, we move anything and everything. It's uh, it's a pretty wide um, range of of things that we moved uh, all the way from like um, military tanks we moved in our past. We moved uh, airplane jet engines. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much from Miami. Uh, Alaska, uh, all the way to New York, uh, you know, Canada. There's uh, no place that if it's if there's a road that goes there, then then we pretty much uh, service those areas. Um, other oh. people that are in our com- in yeah, sorry, 
were you going to say something there or no, no, no. Sorry. Keep going. That was... mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned the competitors. I always say, you know, the only competitor that you always have in this industry is yourself. It's uh, you, you have to really be based um, to, to really make this industry work. And uh, a lot of it is, um, you know, having the right partnerships in place. So we, we tend to partner with companies uh, rather than look at people as competitors. Um, a big side of your business is, is because you bring it to the forefront, even in your branding is, is um, transporting goods in, uh, from Canada to the U S and I'm assuming back and forth uh, as, as we head down the, the road of starting to talk about the current situation and, and things like that. How, what, um, what percentage of your business is, is across border? Um, I would say almost 90% of our trucks cross that border. Uh, so anywhere from 70 to 80% of our business is, uh, is us based. Oh, wow. Um, mostly is it, and now keep, uh, keep in mind that, uh, you know, I'm not in the industry, so the questions might sound a, a little simple, but is that bringing goods from there here or from, um, from exporting to down in the States or is it both? It's both. I mean, it's, um, we, we take products out of BC and we take it into, into this U.S. And then from the U.S., we either come back from the States back into British Columbia or back through other parts of Canada, whether it's Ontario, uh, bringing supplies back into Alberta. Um, and then from coming from those areas back into, into British Columbia. So we make a, a route where we're always taking something from B.C. out there and then figuring out a way to bring that truck and load it um, so we can have freight coming back as well. And pretty much a lot of the manufacturers that are here in British Columbia as well, a lot of these companies, um, if they're producing something, they're getting their ingredients from the U.S. Or um, if they're a distributor, they're getting their supplies from the U.S. So what we're trying to do is we're, we try to facilitate their logistics and getting their supplies and getting their stuff to, to market. Uh, when, the, when the COVID crisis started to happen, um, did you, were you guys worried... Uh, were you guys worried at at any point that with the borders being shut down, maybe it would cut off your your you know your supply route? Maybe it would. Did you? What were your initial thoughts when this started to happen? Um, obviously, as things progressed, uh, you were able to kind of adjust or pivot, and we can talk a little bit about that. But when the initial stuff really started to kick off, um, you know, what was your team like? What was your initial thought as a leader of the company? Like what were, what were some of the things that you guys were going through at that, at that moment? Uh, yeah, I was following what was happening in China and I noticed a lot of industries were starting to close down. And so that's something that we talked about in our company in general, just with our sales staff and, and with our, with our batching team, um, just really trying to see who, who do we align with, which customers are going to carry us through this crisis. Um, you know, we definitely feared that certain customers were not going to be operating and um, because we do a lot of food and beverage products, um, so, you know, the essential services, uh, we were fairly okay for the most part, but definitely there's a, there's a big chunk that um, there's a 20, 30% range that we're working with other outside industries, um, which definitely worries me a little bit. But when it comes to anything uh, as per like border crossing um, and them shutting down the borders, it's very, very unlikely that they would, that anyone would allow that to happen because of the dependency that we have on each other. Um, was, and when this stuff happened, uh, if you notice what the temperatures were out in BC, 
everything was pretty getting pretty cold. Um, when it's cold outside, it, uh, our produce doesn't grow in our fields. And uh, so a lot of that um, produce that we eat uh, or we get from the grocery stores is all coming from the U.S. Um, or it's coming from overseas. So when we look at, you know, what's going to be left in our, uh, in our refrigerator or in our pantries, when we look at what, what food are we going to eat, um, if that border was closed, it, it'd, be, it'd be slim pickings. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of the general public doesn't really understand is, um, you know, they go to a grocery store, they don't seem to understand the full supply, where that product comes from, uh, how it got to that shelf. Um, and yeah, and, you know, if, if you look at what's actually made, and since we're based in Vancouver here, but, you know, being based in, in the Vancouver area, if you look at which food manufacturers do we have, uh, which, which of those food manufacturers can actually source those ingredients locally? Um, and, you know, the simple thing is if nothing's growing outside, where's that product from, right? And if you get to that context of thinking, then you start understanding like, wow, we're really dependent on getting products here from other places. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the type of variety that we have when we look in our brochures or we, we look fridges at home, um, all that stuff is coming from outside places. Um. Knowing that, you know, Centurion's a very, you know, one of the differentiators from that, that it's clear, clear to see uh, with you guys and, and even on just your social media channels is how you kind of portray this. There's this family kind of idea to being, you know, to working for the company. What are the, what's, what, are, what changes had to be implemented right away for the drivers? I mean, my, you know, where my mind goes is like, these guys are on the road a lot already. They don't ha- have the easiest mm-hmm. job. Um, and now there's probably these new policies that uh, were needed to be implemented. Were they, was it at the, like the receiving end where they were implemented or did you guys have to implement policies? Was it the businesses that they're now having to interact with when they're picking up goods? Um, I know that's a, a long probably question to answer, but maybe if you could talk about kind of some of the policies you had to put in place or some, some thoughts around what the, the daily life of a, of a driver of a trucker um, and how that they were impacted. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the point you brought up is, is family, right? So when we have somebody that, or we have a new situation that comes up, the first thing is, is how do you educate? How do you inform people? And so we did a lot of um, social media stuff as well. Did some internal videos in our company, sent out notices to the drivers. Um, it's just creating that awareness of, Hey, you know what? It's here. Um, let's put it. Here's what we need you uh, to be on board with. Right. Um, we didn't want people to get false information out there. So you know, with COVID-19 and some of the places we travel to, um, there's a lot of here, right? We, we hit those big epicenters, uh, New York, California, Washington. Um, and right now, you know, the, the states that are, that are uh, still being impacted, which is, uh, you know, Michigan and, and Illinois. Uh, so we're, we're in all these areas. Um, even in Canada, you know, Ontario, Quebec, I mean, those are our main hubs where we send our guys into. And, uh, and when these guys have a, are getting false information, there's a lot of fear, right? And, um, you know, for us, the same, like we want to protect any family members. We, we were trying to source PPE for them, um, you know, as quick as possible. And, and for these guys to be on the road, the thing that, that we had to do in, 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 um, in our company was, was try to source some of these PPE materials for them. So we were able to get sent, we were able to find masks and we're kind of competing with the, with the entire medical field <laughs> to, to source these items. And I think, you know, anyone else that had panic as well as, 
very difficult to to source some of this um, some of these materials. Uh, again, there's there's very little help from the government because everything's focused. All the resources are focused on on the frontline staff, which is um, you know the doctors, the nurses, and uh, people don't really think about the truck drivers. And even to the most extent, you know, our, our guys are protected because they are in that cab of that vehicle. And uh, when they are on the road, they're not really interacting with as many people as, as we may think. Um, so, you know, again, but there's a general fear when they go to a, a shipper, a receiver or a warehouse um, or a grocery store that, hey, you know what, these guys be bringing something with them um, when they're coming to our facility. So for us, it's how do we calm down our... Um, you know, think of everybody in that situation is, is you know, if, if, if somebody doesn't know you and, and you're trying to get face-to-face with somebody or you're trying to uh, deliver, let's say, a package, and, I mean, how do you do it without communicating with somebody um, that we have a shipment for you that we're trying to deliver it? Um, again, there's, there's a big fear with COVID that, um, you know, anyone can potentially have this and, uh, and nobody wants it to spread. So, again, it was just a lot of education, getting that PPE out there, uh, working with our driver, calm a lot of those fears down. Uh, at the time, you know, we did a lot of employees as well. That was definitely challenging uh, just because a lot of loved ones did not want to send their loved ones into uh, some of these COVID territories. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm just, I was just going to jump in and say, you know, as consumers, we don't, you know, when, when, the, when the toilet paper crisis happened, we don't, we don't always... Uh, we don't, we weren't probably thinking that there was a, how that toilet paper was getting there. Right. And then it's, it's your guys and gals that are out there uh, uh, shipping that stuff. Um, was there, was there, I mean, generally it's a, it's a tough job. So you don't really think of it as, you know, these of them being extremely sensitive people. Um, but that being said, we're all human beings is, was there, were, were there any of your, um, of your, of your drivers, of your staff that were, were really worried? Um, like, I guess one thing, I guess where my question is going is, you know, we're really focused on right now as a business of, of making sure that, you know, while the news is really pushing hard on these headlines, that we're staying very statistically factual, you know, not really having a bias on either side, knowing that it's serious, but we, you know, we have a daily check-in where we communicate the numbers at a leadership level. So that can trickle down to our staff. So we all, you know, we're, at least we're, we're basing our opinions off of the, off the statistics and, and what's happening out there. Are you, um, were there, was there any major worry from any of your staff or were they pretty much all on board to, you know, we're going to get through this? Um, I think I mentioned a little bit of it before, but definitely we have, we still have staff that's sitting at home, um, especially that February, March uh, timeframe. There's a lot of drivers that do go on vacation. Um, so, you know, the first thing was we had a lot of drivers go into quarantine uh, when they're when they're coming back home, and um, you know, secondly, we we still have drivers that are out out in their home countries, and uh, we can't get flights coming back in into Vancouver. Uh, so we still have some people that are still missing, um, even people in the office. I mean, when they know that our drivers go to the U.S. and come back um we had some office staff that disappeared <laughs> um you know and that's that's just part of the the nature of of uh, every industry is going through the same challenge of of how do we get um our our workplace uh to to function properly how do we handle the the, the fear that's that's happening within our employees or or just in our communities uh i mean there's a general sense that you have someone that can be or that potentially be compromised at home 
right? You don't want to bring something home to those people, right? Um, and so again, that, that was a lot of us just doing the, the information. Um, whoever we could get to work from home in our office, we sent home to, to work. Um, whoever was remaining in the office, that we, we kind of have to have a, a skeleton crew in the office. And uh, for those people, again, provide the proper PPE for them. Um, I encourage face masks. Uh, for everybody that that comes in at that office, um, we encourage our our drivers to 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 wear everything from their face. We got them face shields. Uh, we get them gloves. We get them the sanitizer. Uh, you name it. Just anything to to help these guys with their jobs. It's kind of our obligation as a company to make sure that you know we are able to at least provide for them. And you know, last thing I wanted on my mind is that hey, I wasn't able to do everything that I could do as an employer for my employees or my, I mean, that was again, really important for, for us to, to say, Hey, you know what, we're going to do anything it takes. Um, and we're open to listening to whatever other information you have. Uh, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure you're safe and, and, and the drivers that are on the road are safe. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's teamwork to, to kind of get that, to, to make it work. I mean, um, you know, that's the, the biggest thing from the employer standpoint is, is how do we address all, all, all these concerns and, and how do we make it work? But, um, you know, there's been some really strong uh, employees that are in our office. We've had amazing drivers on the road that have encouraged other drivers to, to keep doing what they're doing because they understood. And, you know, the main thing is that if too many of these guys stayed home, again, you know, our store shelves were getting empty at that point. Um, and then they understood that, hey, you know what, if we're not going to move it, then who is? Yeah. Well, that's a great point too. Uh, I think one of the, obviously as an employer, you want to make sure that your team's um, taken care of, I guess maybe to step away, to not fully step away from the COVID, a COVID question, but um, maybe, maybe you can give us a little bit of insight and in what did you got, what have you guys done as a business in terms of sales and marketing to not only um, bring business your way and now that we've been impacted by COVID coming out of this mess, what are you, are you doing? Are you planning on doing anything different than what you did before in terms of a sales and marketing? Um, have you guys adjusted? Have you guys been preparing um, when you come out of it that, you know, your, your brand and your business is at the forefront. Um, if, if there is a dip in business, you know, you don't want to obviously see that. Um, maybe you can kind of just walk us through pre and then, uh, what you guys think it's going to be like post crisis? Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, um, in mid February is, is when we started talking with our staff and, and uh, again, just taking a look at, at who do we work with um, when it comes to our customers. So um, focusing on, on the, on the essential goods that we're going to move. Right. So when it comes to, to food, uh, beverages, uh, medical supplies, um, you can look at, okay, well, what does it take to produce those goods? Now it takes certain packaging materials. Um, it takes wood for to build the pallets that it ships on. So there, we, we know which, we kind of looked at who we're currently dealing with, what commodities customers have, uh, which ones are going to continue to keep moving. And then we try to focus um, a lot on, on customers that we weren't currently working with. And so what happened initially is when uh, COVID kind of hit and, and um, there was a lot of panic that happened within uh, in our country. Um, you know, again, people went into hoarding situations, and uh, there was a there's a huge demand on to on the trucking market. 
for us to kind of keep these trucks rolling and, and be able to provide the goods back into our country. And uh, when we saw that happen, um, a lot of other food customers could not find trucks. And so we looked at, okay, well, you know, who can we align ourselves with? And we were able to, to kind of catch those, those clients at that time. And uh, what we were trying to do is make sure that it was going to be more long-term instead of short-term. And so that's that second point that we try to look at it is, you know, who's a, who's a long-term customer, a short-term customer. Um, and again, for us, it's how do we work with somebody on a, on a year-round basis. We don't want to be that temporary company that comes in and, and works with you for a week, two weeks. Uh, we don't jump after higher uh, market rates when the markets go up high. And that's what happened with COVID when it first hit is that the, the market skyrocketed. Um, and, you know, for us, it's, it's how do we service our customers um, that we work with on a year-round basis. Let's make sure none of those guys are impacted. Um, again, we don't want to run after the money. We'd rather run after uh, working on building proper relationships that are uh, everlasting. And it was a great time for us to kind of show our service. Um, you know, after that spike happened, again, we changed the way that we do our sales. And so we knew going face-to-face -face would be very difficult nowadays with, uh, with customers. So what we started is going in more video sales. Right, uh, sending people, uh, you know, personalized video messaging, uh, so that they could take a look at it, you know, at their own convenience. Because, uh, you know, a lot of the companies that we work with, um, or we potentially want to do sales with even further, um, a lot of these people are are busy with this whole pandemic. I mean, um, you know, it's very hard for us to kind of put ourselves in their shoes and understand what they're going through because some of these people, you know, may not want to be showing up to work. You know, they, they're probably thinking about, hey, you know, do, do, do my family members, um, are they safe, you know, or am I going to bring COVID back to my family if I'm at work? Um, but there's a, you know, in this type of situation, it's, it's very hard for us to figure out what somebody else is going through. And, uh, and so us, it was how do we make our, it so convenient for them that they can take a look at our maybe sales pitch um, at, at their convenience, you know. And we don't want to be pressuring anybody in a situation. Again, how can we sympathize with people at this time? Um, you know, I, I just I just think back and I just say we're we're so fortunate to to be working with the people that we do work with. Um, we have some really really classy clients um, that have been working with us for for a long time, and I mean they're they're supporting us, and that's that's the the biggest win that I can look at in this situation, and and just know that you know there's some good people that that believe in us and believe in what we're doing, and and uh, we're super. Uh, you know, excited that they're that they're that they're you know we're working through this together, and and um, and we have some good people that are backing us up. Um, you you mentioned and you mentioned and I, and again we can hear how much you care about your team, which is which is obviously uh, what any employee or employer should be wanting to do. It's about your team. Without your team, you can't uh, succeed as a business. You you mentioned something while you were uh, kind of going through what you guys do for your sales and marketing tactics about video. Maybe you can break it down. Are you guys, are you, do you have somebody on staff that shoots video for you? Or are you contracting out to um, a, a company that produces video or are you, are you guys using your phones? Um, I always, I'm, you know, I'm a video guy, so I love mm -hmm. uh, that technology and I always try to jump in on people when they, when I hear the word video, I'm like a, I'm like a dog who says squirrel, squirrel. So you kind of gave a hot, a hot button topic yeah. in there. Um, maybe you could just break that down for me a little bit. Um, yeah, we do a lot of it in-house ourselves. Um, again, it's nothing, you know, over the top, really fancy. 
uh, I love, you know, that, that sort of aspect of being creative and, and being able to make that sort of content. Um, some of it's on our, on our um, YouTube, some of it's on our Facebook. Uh, I encourage you to take a look, give me some feedback on <laughs> like what we can do better. Um, but we, we also use uh, Zoom um, for, for Zoom meetings. But again, it's, it's just being flexible. Um, and just even, right, even this weekend, I spent some time trying to edit another video and uh, practicing with different um, video editing softwares. Um, but yeah, I try to get involved with everything. I mean, I love learning and, um, you know, our staff, we have some young staff that are millennials and, and, they, and they enjoy uh, some of that aspect of it as well, of being creative and, and pitching in. Awesome. You mentioned, um, I have two questions that I'm just going to add, add on to that is for internal communications, um, you know, I, is, are you talking about doing something like where um, you can just, like rather than sending an email out, uh, which might not get read, you're able to like jump on video and com- and communicate internally with you, with your team. And then again, to your owner operators as well. Like does that type of messaging get to them? That's, I think that'd be really unique in your industry. I don't think, you know, we've, I've had the opportunity to work with a few companies and I don't think I've heard them talking about that. Um, yeah. Just because a lot of our staff is on the road. So a lot of our drivers are on the road at any given time. And uh, it's very hard to get them back home to actually have meetings with them. So what we, what we have been doing with them is just sending them emails with video links attached to them. And um, whenever they, they are able to come back in the office, then we have actually, you know, written policies and, and written information for them when they come back. And, and that, you know, they can take a look at both the written side. They can look at the video side if they want to see the side of, of those components. Um, it's, again, it's, a, it's all awareness, education, getting that information out there. Uh, same thing when it comes to our clients, we're sending out an email that we put the video link in the email uh, so they can view it at their convenience. And for us, just showing them, hey, you know, it's, we can't be there face to face with you right now, but we, we definitely want to be able to get personal with you. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so as we near the, the wrapping up stage, I want to ask you a personal question as, you know, I, I guess, you know, you could use the 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 cliche phrase thought leader, but you're definitely a thought leader in the industry. Um, you know, you're involved uh, in the BC Trucking Association. Uh, I had to look at your LinkedIn because I wasn't actually aware of that. I knew you were part of the Canadian Trucking Alliance. Um, you put out content on LinkedIn that's great yourself. Uh, you're very hands-on in the industry, which is, which is awesome. How are you feeling about where we're at right now with this? What are, are you feeling optimistic about the future? Um, and I, I, you know, again, this could be an answer that could take a long time. So I, I know that could be difficult, but how are you uh, getting through it? And, and what are some things you're doing to help you through it? But how do you overall feel about um, us coming into a new normal and how that's going to impact you on both a personal level and again, on, on a, on a business level? Um, personal level, nothing really seems to bother me personally. I'm pretty laid back, easy going. Uh, when it comes to the the business level, that's that's kind of where all the um, the red flags kind of pop out and all the anxiety comes in. Um, you have to take that a little bit further. I mean, um, just when I when I take a look at our company alone, I mean, there's about a hundred families that count on us to produce payroll for them and and to keep their the households going, uh, and that's that's extremely important to me. Um, and, you know, the first thing I kind of mentioned in this interview, too, was that we're so thankful for our customers. Uh, we seem to be aligned with some really good uh, customers that, um, 
you know, again, it's a, it's essential services that they're providing as well to food manufacturing or food distribution. Um, so we're very lucky for those. Um, definitely, I mean, we're, we're already seeing a, a slowdown in our industry. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're getting hit hard with, um, with the open market. Uh, the rates are coming down quite a bit. Um, it's definitely challenging. And I see that, you know, again, more industries can be impacted. Uh, as soon as somebody gets sick at a warehouse or in a certain, uh, like we're hearing a lot of the U.S. meat uh, plants right now have have hundreds and hundreds of cases of COVID where um, they're they're having to shut down their facilities and um, they're talking about possible meat shortages. Uh, so you know that's something that that we thought of as well as you know if it, if, if somebody in that in that warehouse or in that distribution center gets a gets a COVID situation. Um, or gets infected with COVID, I mean, there's going to be closures. They, they need to take time to close that facility down. Um, depending on how big the spread is, uh, do you have employees that can come back in and be able to operate those type of facilities? Um, we saw the same thing happen in, uh, in Costco with uh, somebody getting COVID in their, in their main office and uh, in Washington. And, and again, you know, you, you just never know how far these impacts are going to go. Um, who is quite busy at the same time. I mean, you know, been following them and, and some of their um, uh, facilities have had, uh, had uh, you know, the coronavirus um, uh, come in. And, and uh, again, whenever these industries keep getting hit, and we don't know how many, how many and how often these industries are going to get hit and what that's going to do to the people that, that work inside these facilities, whether they want to show up to work, whether it's going to impact um, the type of production that they do. Um, you know, and if it's serious in, in certain states, like it has in California, where we see non-essential businesses being closed down, um, th- there's a there's a there's a concern definitely um, when it comes to to which industries are going to be able to to survive this. And as we go further into these months, um, the current situation, I know, you know, there's a lot of stimulus packages. Um, you know, there's a lot of help there for people, but that money's being burned very quickly. Uh, so the, the second question is how long can that really support um, all these businesses? And, uh, and if they can't support all these businesses, what's going to happen to these businesses? Um, again, as people start reaching into their savings and start pulling out of their resources, uh, sooner or later, I mean, you know, we could see people tapped out if aren't buying anything in this industry um, or can't afford uh, some of the, the extra items that we typically get, um, that's all going to play a huge impact in our transportation sector where goods and services aren't going to move. I mean, um, you know, and that's something that we're, we're looking at day to day and it's something that we have to evaluate day to day and, um, and see. And, you know, it may be a situation where a lot of transport companies uh, go out of business. So, I mean, it could go both ways. Um, it's a, it's a, game of survival right now and if we are able to survive then we'll hopefully be better in the future um and again for us it's it's how do we how do we make sure that we let everyone know that we're here we're, we're still okay uh we're open for business and um i would encourage anyone else that's listening right now to do the same i mean you know you have to really fight for your business don't uh, don't take a step back um you know when when things get tough it's uh it's uh, the tough get going is, is what they always say yeah. and uh and you really want to be able to fight for your business i mean you know, I've seen so many people close the door already and, uh, and take it like a vacation and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to sit back. But then on the flip side, I see an opportunity to, to innovate and to create and 
to look at this as opportunities and, uh, and again, work on your skill sets. I mean, there's a lot of people right now that have a lot of extra time. And if you're building uh, extra skill sets, that's going to help you in your future. I mean, you know, some of these are, are a blessing in the sky. I mean, having an extra time and, and uh, being home with our, with our families and enjoying that side of things, um, you know, but there's so many opportunities that are going to come out of this. Uh, yeah. I mean, don't, don't take it for granted. I mean, make the best of the time and, and make the, you know, fight for your life, you know, when it, when it comes to, to business. Uh, Damon, I, I mean, that, that's, uh, that was probably the best way to end the podcast. I had a, <laughs> I had one last question that I wanted to ask, but I feel like it can't live up um, to that answer that you gave. I think on our side here, we, we definitely echo the same, you know, sentiment that you're saying, fight for your business. Don't, don't just go away and, and hide and think that someone else is going to, uh, come and, and, and bring you out of the funk. Like you got to get into the, you got to get in the trenches and you got to figure out what, what you're going to do tomorrow, what you're going to do next month, um, to make sure that you do have a business. And even as an employee, I feel it's not necessarily just up to the employer. Um, you know, if you have employees that are engaged and uh, come into your business, then you want to almost spark that kind of energy into them to, to help fight for your business, even if it's not their own. So, um, yeah, yeah. Lo- love that last thing that you just said there. I couldn't, couldn't say it better myself. I can't say it better that, myself. That was awesome. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. I think, I think we kind of hit our mark. I don't know if there's any, I mean, I, again, that's probably the best last thing that I think that's like a, almost a quote of the, the podcast so far. Um, and we're going to have that one blasted out everywhere because I think you're, you're right on the money for the time that it is right now. So I just want to say from story behind the business, Thank you for taking time out of your Sunday to uh, to hop on and uh, let us know a little bit about you and your and your and your company and chat about the current state of affairs. Yeah, man, we really appreciate it, Damon. Hey, no problem. Thank you for having me again, and um, you know, look forward to to watching you guys on on some of these more podcasts and and uh, <laughs> seeing what you guys are up to. 